Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast on Mile High Sports. My name is Sean Drotar. With me today is Ronnie Court, Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. You've caught him on this podcast before. It's brought to you, as always, by our friends at Tap 14. Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just near the ballpark there. Really cat a corner from the home plate entrance. Uh, don't worry, the Rocky season is over. As we record this in Denver, it is snowing, but that's okay because they have a heated rooftop and an enclosed rooftop so you can still enjoy the 70 colorado beers the 100 colorado distilled spirits that they keep up there and the delicious menu of food some of which is pretty good for a chilly colorado afternoon or evening so just because the rockies are out of it doesn't mean that lodo still isn't hopping and it means that tap 14 is still the place to be so check them out tap14.com spell it out tap14.com ronnie the colorado rockies finished by virtually every measurement a very successful season, even though it doesn't feel like it. They yeah. go to the NLS, NLDS, they end up getting swept out of it. They they look really, really bad in the process. But it's, it's very easy now, a couple days removed, to, to not look at this and say, hey, look, they did have a good team. They they did move forward. They went for, they went to the postseason again. They went one round further than they did before. Uh, this was a good year, even if it just ended in in an unfortunate fashion. It's funny because it's like this this rocky season you can't not call it a successful season but it is also hard to call it a successful season and I mean they they didn't achieve exactly what they wanted to do but I do think they are a little bit ahead of per se the curve that this team is because they are a really really young team um but it also boy it just ended so sourly it ended so sourly It really did when you look at the the pitching for example the Boston Red Sox the league's uh, best team, they are moving on to the ALCS this weekend against the defending champion, the Houston Astros. The Rockies outpitched the Red Sox in the playoffs. They've outpitched them. They had a lower ERA, 3.18 to 3.5. They struck out more batters in, in the uh, roughly the same amount of innings. I mean, everything they did was basically better than Boston, the best team in the league, and they got swept out of the division series. And it's because, give Milwaukee a little bit of credit, because their pitching was good, but it's because the Rockies' offense vanished out of the eight teams that basically got past the wild card round. So let's remove the Cubs and the A's from the equation because they only played the one game. The Rockies had the worst batting average uh, of, all those, uh, of all those teams, the worst on-base percentage, uh, they they were pardon me Cleveland had it worse in a couple of different spots there but uh, the Rockies scored the fewest runs they scored four runs in four games they were atrocious they slugged two twenty two as a team that was the slugging their on base percentage was two twenty nine this was a disaster for the Rockies offensively uh, something honestly that I didn't even think they were capable of being this poor they had 11 walks and 43 strikeouts yeah. to lead all teams in that the 43 strikeouts in the four games obviously almost 11 a game to get an idea of how that bad that is they had 43 strikeouts they had only 25 hits well i mean for look a four to one strikeout to walk ratio is really really uh, really but a really two to bad. one strikeout to hit ratio on top of that this is not great uh this is a team that and, and i will say this because because it's it's uh, and now that we've had a little bit of time to reflect on the Rockies, see Rockies late run, uh, six runs in fifty innings, 
That, their final 50 innings of playoff innings, might I add, between the Dodgers, Cubs, and then the three-game series against the Brewers, they had six runs. It's really difficult for me to just pinpoint small things from every single player individually. I really wonder, and I don't know this for sure, but I really wonder if somebody like Dwayne Espy went up to those guys and said, hey, this is going to be our game plan come playoff time, is that we are going to be a little bit more aggressive. We're going to be a little bit more uh, tense at the plate. We're going to try to jump on teams. And it completely backfired against them. Because, look, this is a team that, against a Nationals squad, that was still playing. I mean, they, they sent Steven Strasburg out for that second-to-last game. They scored five runs, two runs, and 12 runs in the final three games. And then all of a sudden... There was just this random, complete power outage. And I would have thought that you'd get a hit here and a hit there, a homer here and a homer there. Because look, this is a Rockies team that is still, on paper, extremely talented. Between Nolan, Story, Blackman, uh, even Dahl towards the end of the season. And yet, they all seem to have that same approach at the plate of just just over-swinging and, and swinging at pitches that they just shouldn't have. And I, I pinpoint, I believe it was game uh, game one or two, uh, or really both of them. Uh, in fact, I think it was game one. Towards the end of the, year, uh, of the game, I believe it was the seventh and the ninth inning, where they were swinging at pitches in the dirt. Multiple batters. That doesn't remind me of the Rockies that had that 20-8 to, to eight run in the month of September that got them into the postseason. That that reminds me of the early season team, and I, and I just I wonder if that was the game plan, and it just completely backfired. Against the Rockies them. had exactly three players bat higher than two hundred. That's in, terrible in, in the division series terrible. against the, the Brewers. Three, and uh, only and only two of them batted over two twenty two. DJ LeMahieu had that. Those were Gerardo Parra and Tony Walters. Uh, Parra only had six at bats, got three hits in those at bats. But you look, go ahead and look at the power guys. You talked about David Dahl, who was um, NL player the, the the week prior to the season, the very last week of the season. Yeah, zero for five with two Ks. Charlie Blackman with his new hundred million dollar plus contract, one for twelve. Ian Desmond, one for twelve with three strikeouts. Carlos Gonzalez, one for ten with five strikeouts. Trevor Story, two for twelve with six strikeouts. And Nolan Arenado. The man who basically would be king, two for eleven with five Ks. But none of those guys over two hundred. And not to cut you off, but guys like Story, Arenado, Blackman. I mean, those are guys we expect. That's that's your engine. I mean, that is basically your engine for runs. I I can understand the Paras or even the Dolls of the world. Look, he's not going to go on a run where he hits five homers in five straight games all the time. Right. Uh, It was just a it was just a nice power outage to get six home runs in that week, but. Guys like Story Arenado, Blackman, DJ LeMayhew, those are guys who should be absolutely consistent all throughout this span. And to see three of the four go completely dark in runs and hits and average and anything, I think they were, what, two of 32 with runners in scoring position? Yeah, Those final five games? They were atrocious. And... I just I wonder if there was a more overlying umbrella than anything. Well, I think there was, and I think you just stumbled upon it. Uh, the top three batters, Gerardo Parra, Tony Walters, and DJ LeMahieu. If you can think about something in common for those three guys, well, what first comes to mind? Do tell me. None of them are power hitters. No. 
So the Rockies who have had a tendency when they go bad, when they've been bad over the course of the season, when they were going bad over the course of the 2017 season, this is a team that gets into double-digit strikeouts. Everyone tries to play hero ball. Everyone sure. tries to hit the five-run home run somehow, and the Rockies get in trouble. The The game they win, you know, you have Para and Walters, that they end up uh, getting the hits in the, the Cubs uh, game. In the yeah. Cubs game. And, and I'm not even counting the, the Cubs game and taking that out of it. They were also your two best hitters in the division series against the Brewers. The Rockies' failure more than anything else on offense, and we'll get to pitching in a minute, although there's not really a lot to complain about, really. But you get you look at the offense, their failure to understand, and some of that falls on Bud Black. You talked about Dwayne Espy. I think most of it falls on the players themselves. Is the the failure to understand for the second year in a row going into the postseason that the postseason is not about bashing giant home run after giant home run after giant home run. That's not how it works. Ask the New York Yankees about it. They're not out. I mean, they, they took them one more game than the Rockies, but they got bounced. Sure. Because, and that's what's that? What were they hanging their hat on, right? Aaron Judge and, and Gary Sanchez and guys just Carlos mashing, Stanton, right? Yeah. Stanton, mash, mash, mash. Well, they're out too. They went exactly as far as the Rockies. In postseason baseball, runs are at a premium. You have to manufacture them. That means if from time to time, you've, if you get lucky and you walk a guy, you've got to bunt him over to second. Then you've got to try to hit a, a ball to the right side of the infield and move him over. Then you have to hope to try to fight a single. All those little things. Steal a bag. Whatever you have to do. The Rockies seemed not only to be unable to manufacture runs, it was more telling that they seemed to be unwilling to manufacture runs. And, I, and that is a good point, is is it very much felt like selfish hero ball that was played throughout the series, that there were many times where they had opportunes to, you know what, you you don't have to hit a home run here. Just poke it out to left field. You know, uh, just a, a Half the times you don't single. even need a hit. I mean, there were more Sacrifice times. it over. Put a bunt. Do whatever you have to do. Runners in scoring position. Bases loaded. No outs. And you come away with one run there. I mean that's that's inexcusable. I mean that those are so you get so many little opportunities and you know particularly against a Milwaukee Brewers team where you're you're really getting a four inning window between the starter and maybe a a early reliever before Milwaukee starts to trot out the Jeffers and the haters of the world the the Sorias and then all of a sudden uh, this game just got real real short and we don't have a hit since the fourth inning and the game's over. And, and, and that's what's just so frustrating is the fact that this team, I, I think, was just so much better than how that divisional series ended. I think they are a far better team than just being swept. It just it felt like a team that maybe a little bit of inexperience. Uh, there are a lot of guys here going to the playoffs for the first time. Uh, you came off a real high from the Cubs game, uh, but certainly – they were better than what they showed against the Brewers, and that was the most disappointing. Yeah, and this wasn't, look, this wasn't the one-game series. When you look at that, you can say, okay, just one lousy game. No, the Rockies had three lousy games, yes. and for, it wasn't having anything to do with the pitching. When you look at the pitching, I mean, here's your here's your three starters. Antonio Sanzatella started that, that uh, series, and his ERA, granted it's one game, but his ERA was 3.6 on the road. Against the he team gave you a with winnable the best record in the National yes. League, that is a perfectly serviceable outing by your starter. Couldn't get it done. Okay, next you had an opportunity uh, by Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson goes out and pitches the tune of a 1.5 ERA through six innings. Rockies score 
No runs in that game. Then Herman Marquez comes in for the final one. Again, the 3.6 ERA, the two runs in five innings. At Coors Field, no less. Perfectly good performance. The Rockies, once again, score no runs. And their best pitcher, Kyle Freeland, doesn't even get an opportunity to appear in the series. And the frustrating thing is you look at that and say, well, maybe they didn't have very good pitching. No, actually, the starting pitching was just fine. The starting pitching was actually good enough for the Rockies to win all three of those games. Yes. I mean, and those, they come away with zilch. I, I look at those starts and I say, okay, well, you know, maybe you had a, a situation where you could have not have walked a batter here that ended up scored or whatever, that, this or that. At that point, I have to nitpick those pitcher starts. Uh, those were all three winnable performances by your starting pitchers. Now, obviously, the bullpen coming in in different situations, but uh, those starters had very winnable performances. It was all on the offense. It was all on the offense, and unfortunately, they just failed. Yeah, uh, pretty rough, rough go there. And one of the losses, of course, maybe pinned a little bit on on Adam Bonavino, who had some pretty questionable pitch selection in the late uh, game that he performed in. Uh, no reason to be pitching to Mike Moustakas. At least no reason to be giving him a strike, especially after you were had him 0-2 and, that's the and, and throwing 0-2. pitches. But th- then again, it almost as if it masks something. Yes, Ottavino blew it. Yes, Ottavino and, and the catcher, who I believe was Wolters at the time, uh, probably didn't call for the right pitches, or Ottavino didn't execute, or a little bit of both. But again- And tip your captain Moustakas, who goes ahead and gets the hit, but it almost disguises the fact that you didn't score... And he, Correct, and and again, he didn't we score runs. We, I go back to it, and I have to say, <laughs> it you know, hardly matters if you don't score runs. We are nitpicking here. We are nitpicking right. the pitchers because the overall underlying umbrella here is that the Rockies pitching staff did pitch well, and that the starters did give you winnable performances. But you know what? It doesn't matter how good your starting pitching is when you get shut out in back-to-back games in a playoff series. You are toast. Milwaukee finishes the series with a team ERA of .64. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty darn good. Almost unheard of. (laughs) .64, two shutouts in the three games. Absolute disaster that unfortunately puts a bad taste in your mouth for what was otherwise a good Rocky season. And it was a good Rocky season. They will have a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things to break down over the course of the offseason. They have many, many free agents to tackle. And we'll have an opportunity to tackle that, too. But we want to maybe cleanse the palate. Let's just get it all out. Get it all, <sighs> all the playoff stuff out. And then starting next one of these, uh, later this week, we'll have an opportunity to say, all right, now where do we go from here? And, and, and it's not all gloom and doom. Yes, the Rockies have a lot of free agents, and we will discuss that. Some of those free agents, oh, just a few notable guys. DJ LeMahieu, Adam He's Ottavino, pretty He's pretty good Carlos too. Gonzalez. He's all right. Yeah, there's there's a few. So they're going to have some decisions to be made. And, of course, that doesn't even touch on uh, Nolan Arenado's uh, looming free agency year after that. It's, uh, it's essentially the elephant in the room. Yeah, right Gerardo Parra uh, has a team option at $12 million. I think I think Parra is actually a, a value to the team. I don't know if he's worth $12 million, so I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, this Rockies team is going to look different, but... Uh, before you get too down on it, remember, you have uh, Herman Marquez, you have Kyle Freeland, you have Antonio Senzatella, and the oldest one of them is 24. Yeah. There's a lot to be excited about. And they, by the way, they all performed very admirably in postseason play. And, so and, and that's, that's some, a great sign. And that is something, you know, to end the podcast on a, a rosy, cheery note here is the fact that for the first time, I think, in Colorado Rockies history period, 
they have a pitching staff that they can look at and say next year will be we're we're fine at pitching. We we will be a strong pitching team, whether it be the starters, the relief pitchers, the closer. I mean, and, and particularly the starters, because look, I, I think the Rockies rotation really has been one or two, you know, kind of mid level guys, and then a bunch of other dudes. Now you're talking about a legit ace in Kyle Freeland who has solved single handedly how to pitch at Coors Field, and her mom Marquez is not far behind. And oh you no, mentioned their no, no, youth. he's not. Yeah, and, and, Look at the strikeout numbers he finished with. Yeah. I mean, they were big time. I mean, Herman Marquez has really shown you how to throw a curveball at altitude. So there's a lot of, of positives here when it comes to the Rockies pitching staff that should excite fans in the future. And I think it should be known that, look, I don't think anybody went into this year thinking the Rockies are going to be a World Series contender. We kind of knew that and this the thing was is, the stepping stone year. They They were. And I think that's where it ends up being a little disappointing is because you could see them winning one more game, not having to take on the Dodgers, go ahead and take on the Braves, a team that they just absolutely dominated in the regular season. And the Rockies could be finding themselves in the NLCS uh, this weekend. And, and then who knows? But regardless, uh, you're right. A good season. They made a step forward. The, the idea was, OK, they got to the wild card. It didn't go well. They fought their way. They got to the wild card. They got past the wild card. This didn't go well, but you continue to to improve. You continue to get better. The Rockies have shown now when it happens two years in a row and it happens in a couple different ways. I think you're able to legitimately look in the mirror and say, all right, we're building a winning organization. We need to start tweaking and figuring out where we need to go. We don't have to start from scratch. And the Rockies Correct. in 2019 will not have to start from scratch. Uh, and that's a very, very good sign indeed. A lot of reason to be excited, uh, even though the way this ended was certainly not the way you wanted them to go out. But uh, the, the last silver lining about that, too, is sometimes, and I will bring it back to football, the Denver Broncos back in the 1996 season had the, were basically the best team in football. And... They rolled into the playoffs, and they had they met the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Mark Brunel at the time, a team that wasn't expected to even give them any problems. Well, the Broncos looked a little lackadaisical. The Jaguars absolutely sandblasted them in probably what was the most embarrassing game in franchise history up until Super Bowl Forty-Eight. The Broncos then went on to win the next two Super Bowls. I'm not yeah. suggesting the Rockies do that, but I am suggesting that sometimes when you are good and when you got embarrassed... You redouble your efforts and your focus gets better. So for the Rockies, that's a very real possibility and something that I think fans should be able to be hanging their hat on when it comes to baseball time about next March. Sometimes there is a you have to learn to win by losing. And you have you to know? take your lumps I mean, I associate it. the 2013 season with the Denver Broncos to the 2015 season very much the same way. Uh, you know, they they it was that loss that fueled them to win. And certainly there are guys in that locker room that I talked to and, and and to describe the locker room post game after it. It was very much uh there were so many guys who were emotional. They wanted this. Uh, they were so disappointed. There were uh, some of them in tears uh, because they wanted this badly. And if you think that isn't going to fuel them, you think they ain't going to remember that moment in that locker room after being swept by the Brewers and, you know, the weather helping the Drury mood with the cold and everything like that. 
they will remember that. And they'll, they'll, they'll remember, yourself. too, that it... And it will, it, be, it will be extra motivation. It wasn't a bad umpire team. call. It wasn't a bad anything. They were out. It was they lost. Yes. They, were, they did not play well enough to win, and they know it in their Correct. heart of hearts. So that's something to actually get excited about when you think about the Rockies' maturation as a playoff contender. So make sure you follow Ronnie. Ronnie's also the host of the uh, Broncos Blitz podcast. Make sure you check him out at Ronnie K Radio. Uh, you can find me at S Drotar. That's S D R O. T-A-R. I think that's the traditional spelling of Drotar. I don't really know too Traditional many Drotar spelling, yes. I, I guess. I because assume. I know many Drotars. You life. do? Okay, yes. well, that makes more than me, so cool. Somebody does. Where do they live? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say Mars. Everyone always says Mars. I don't know why people say Jupiter. Mars. I don't know why I have you on. Can't live in a, can't live on Jupiter. <laughs> Never mind. What's a hard rock planet? Pluto. I, well, that's not a planet anymore. I'm ignoring. I'm, okay. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> I have to thank our friends at Top 14 as always for sponsoring the uh, the podcast all year long. Really, the last two years they have been with us, and we have been with them, and it's for very good reason. Uh, it is my favorite place to be downtown. Uh, it is authentic Colorado through and through, all the way from the decor, from the from the natural wood to the food to the drink, all of it. Uh, Tap 14 is the place to be winter or summer. Enjoy it. Believe me, that those views, uh, downtown Denver in the snow, is every bit as lovely as it is during the summer. So make sure you check them out. Uh, that closed-in rooftop there, it's warm, it's comfortable, and the food is delicious. So make sure you check them out at tap14.com. Spell it out, tap14.com. For Ronnie, I'm Sean. This has been a pretty fun season, but we'll still keep in touch with you right here on the Blake Street Regulars on Mile High Sports.